0: Everybody and welcome to the Off the Key podcast. I'm your host, Mac, and today we'll be joined by Just Garrett. Yes. Um, James actually couldn't make it to our recording session today, so we're just going to do a little off the dome uh, general music discussion and just, you know, fly off the key, man.
1: Yeah, real real off the key. Now, yeah. this, before it wasn't off the key, but now it's definitely off the key.
0: I mean, I think our I think our podcast has like a pretty loose discussion format now. Yeah, I mean, this is we, gonna be a
1: loose, loose discussion format.
0: Yeah, we're we're fresh off the uh, Channel Orange recording, which uh, mm-hmm. James was there for, but um, I kind of realized that I was sounding a little too rehearsed, and I'm sure when this gets released, you guys will feel that way. But I really, 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 really cared about my thoughts on that album, and I wanted to make sure that they sounded that I
1: sounded. Concise. Concise. And but eloquent. also, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Flowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also we were going to do, um, Fear of the Dawn by Jack White. Jack White, but I'm, we're w- going to push that to a little later. And next week we're going to do Marty Robbins, gunfire ballads. And then we're going to do the modern, um, the new release is going to be Pusha T.
0: Yes. The new Pusha T album. It's almost dry. And, I won't give too much away because we are going to make a full formal episode about it. Uh, but, man, I, I loved that album, man. Oh, yeah. It's getting good. I
1: haven't listened to any of it yet. I don't need to, but um, it's gotten pretty good glowing yeah, reviews. Yeah, it's, it's
0: gotten a lot of good reception, but uh, I actually like it better than Daytona.
1: Yeah, I haven't really listened to any mm, like rap in the last three years. I feel like I'm still catching up from like rap in like the twenty. 10 to, like, 2019. Like, I don't, I don't know. When did Pinata come out? 2014. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm still catching up on that. Like, I, I thought you were more with the times on rap. Oh no. I mean, I'm just, honest like if it was, like, a rating on, like, our level of, like, rap knowledge, you'd probably, you're probably standing at, like, a 9, 10, pretty caught up. James was, like, at, like, maybe, like, a... 6. 2. Well, he was at a two. I'm catching him up though. Oh, um, well, so he's still not oh, there yet. I'm like he, a six. Yeah, like or seven. Like
0: you're you're aware of what's going on. You're just not yeah. like yeah. And and you know we we can't listen to everything all the time, all at once. You know, yeah. like I'm still catching up on uh, some stuff that came out this year already, um, like the new FKA Twigs album. Although I really enjoyed that shit.
1: Yeah, I am fresh off of so this week was a a, a smorgasbord. Um, This week had a little bit of everything for me. Um, The week before that was a big rap phase, and the week before that was a big country phase. Now, the country was mostly old stuff. I don't mess with southern pop at all. And it was all, like, outlaw country.
0: I'd have to agree. Honestly, like, if I had to point out one of my biases in music genres in general, it's definitely country. Now, I don't hate country as a whole, but it's not my forte.
1: I think that's completely valid, and I think that unless you do really deep dives, like on the surface of things, country is the weakest genre instrumentally.
0: Also, in general, right now, I feel like a lot of country is leaning towards, like, at least at least in the in passing observation, is leaning towards like trap instrumentals and like hip hop instrumentals. But
1: yeah, and the ones that aren't are still going really instrumental. I mean, uh, experimental like, Chris Stapleton is getting, doing, like, kind of, like, some soul-like stuff, like. I I will say I actually mess with some Chris Stapleton. Yeah, even, listen to his, like, even, like, his biggest hit, Tennessee Whiskey, now, that is a very old-school cover, uh, a song that's been done by, like, classics artists at the time. I think even, even like, it was, like, either George Strait or George John, one of the Georges did a cover of that, like, and he, but he like gave it soul like he almost turned that to a soul song
0: yeah that's that's one thing i do like about Ten yeah. is he has like a he has like an old school delivery mm-hmm. it's and it makes it a lot more like you were saying soulful it feels emotional and genuine almost yeah you know what i mean and
1: that he, he does like the uh, oh Lord, uh like the christina aguilera like the mary j blige the, yeah, like the real like
0: Like, that like gospel, like, warbling. Yes, oh,
1: yes. That, like, that vocalization, and that is crazy. There's, to my knowledge, no one in country is, like, is doing that on songs. Like, no one has that, like, delivery in, like, all the stuff I've heard. It's always very straightforward. And even stuff like Sturgill Simpson, like, all, like, the really good, like, and I'm not talking about, like, Southern pop artists now, like Luke Bryan or, like, Florida Georgia. I'm talking about, like, actual, like, country artists that make country anywhere close to, like, how it was done up until like, 2010, um, they're getting really experimental. Like, Stapleton, Sturgill Simpson, like, all those guys, they're they're doing old country, but they're also taking it in places that it hasn't really gone before. It's a very weird time to be a country Like, it, the weirdest time.
0: But, like, to me, like, country needs that right oh, now. Oh, it does. Man. It like, absolutely it,
1: does, because I, the state of it is terrible. The state of it is worse than any other genre of music. I
0: think, I think... Sp- I mean, I could be wrong. I, you know, I'm kind of an outsider on this, but it seems like since like the 2010s, like the early 2010s mm-hmm. country has been in a really, really lost state.
1: It has been. I mean, they, know, they tried to, I mean, they, I know they wanted to like do it with like pop, but you gotta understand like country is, but it's supposed to be its own pop music. Yeah. And like, there's certain things that like, there are certain times that it works. Like, Say what you will about Old Town Road, but I thought that mixture of genres worked.
0: Yeah, actually, um, I was going to bring that up. But Little Nas X, I mean, say what you will about the guy, but he is pushing the boundaries of country.
1: Yeah, but the same, the like the laziness of just like using a trap beat and then just writing a pop song, and then they're almost they're not really making it any. They're they're saying that like they can put their like southern accent and their voices on a song that's like a pop. Trap song and considering it country there's a one note it's kind of like you remember when little Wayne like went on stage and was like ghost playing that guitar and was playing like one note over and over again that's like if someone said that song was a rock song just because it has that guitar in it and it was like a little one note guitar solo like one aspect of a genre does not the genre make and I feel like that is why country music in the mainstream has completely lost its way because it's it's like I'll have a southern voice. This is country, isn't it? Like, yeah. no, it's not.
0: Let's take Jack White, for example. Yeah. Jack White incorporates a lot of country and blues influence. Mm. Now, what I call Blunderbuss or even Lazaretto a country record? No. No. It still has country flavors, I guess. Country yeah. styles. Yeah. Let's take Florida Georgia Line, for example. They're using, they're incorporating trap instrumentals and, you mm. know, these, um, these really poppy hooks and, like, Yeah. Party lyrics. Party lyrics and like fuckboy lyrics. And would you call that country?
1: I would not. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's pop music. Honestly, when you start being very, I think when you start being very general with your country lyrics and they're not telling the story of a person like Luke did this, Bob did this, or it's like I do this, when they're very general lyrics, I honestly think that it might not even be country in general. If you look at almost any country song, tell me of a country song before... The twenty tens. That is like very like general. That's not like doesn't either reference someone in the third person or the the singer talking about referencing themselves. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I really can. no, I can't. No, not It's that either. it's that style of storytelling that makes country music. They're telling stories. Yeah, and and if you get away with that, you're just you're making pop music. And the
0: little the little things that I've noticed about country and the very little I've listened to is the most compelling ones. Like, the most compelling artists seems to be the ones that kind of fall into that storytelling line of songwriting, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Or, like, or if you take a guy like Sturgill, who's playing with new sounds and trying to take country in new directions.
1: Yeah, I think that there will be another movement. And it probably won't even really be a movement. It's probably like more underground guys will just get recognition, kind of like how outlaw country is, where people were just tired of the same cookie-cutter crap they kind of like separated themselves from other artists in the genre and just did their own thing That like how outlaw country started. It's funny because going on, looking at Marty Robbins, they actually considered him uh, the godfather of the outlaw country music. Cause while he still sung and had like the cookie cutter lyrics and like, look, he didn't like Menf- He didn't want to be out Memphis. He went out West and he started the outlaw. He started the outlaw country in like the very simplest way because because he was like the most outlaw country means anyone can be country you don't have to be in memphis you don't have to be a southerner See, that's what that's kind of why he made music he did like with all these cowboys they were like everyone was thinking about all the south and dixie and the good old south and they're like you know why can't you be a country like weren't they he pretty much made the statement like are you saying that cowboys aren't country are you saying that you can't be in arizona and be a southern and be a country person you can't be in california be a country person can't be in Utah, can't be in Washington you can't be in these places. He said I'll record in these places, And even though he had still had like the gospel songs and the religion and the squeaky, clean look he dressed like a cowboy, it was just that idea that I don't have to be in the South to be country is, the, is what started the outlaw movement.
0: You know it's kind of funny when you were when you were describing that, honestly, I was getting parallels to the fucking punk movement
1: go it, it, like, man, there are so many parallels in genres like that. You'd be so, you'd be so surprised. I, that's
0: that like I just I don't know I had this like brain explosion mm-hmm. moment. I was like, dude, punk was basically the same thing to rock music. Yeah, you know, uh, rock in the '60s and '70s. I wouldn't say it was as rigidly defined as country music may have been at yeah. the time, but punk is all about you know, rebelling, being against. Well, rock is about rebellion too, but mm-hmm. punk is more about I guess, authentically being yourself, going against the establishment.
1: Yeah, it did come from two different places. Like, punk came from, like, kind of what these bands were representing. Country really came through with the fact that it was like a lifestyle, really. You had to be squeaky clean and all this stuff, whereas punk was like, we don't like what we're representing. We want to be ourselves. We want to talk about what we want to talk about. Well, it's kind of the same, but country was just like... It was like, you have to, like, live like this and dress like this, and only in Memphis. You can't record anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like a... It's like a, like a weird social club that they had to be a part of, and it's just like... And that ain't right. We don't like that. Oh, speaking of punk, though, I heard... Uh, it was like a little, like, Glenn Donzig clip about, like, why he started, like, the Mif- Misfits, why he started kind of getting into that genre of, like, punk, like, early on. And he said, like, oh, I just didn't like... He gave the generic answer, like, oh, I don't like the crap that's playing on the radio, well, he actually got into it and man, he gave some, I mean, I appreciate that people like that, but man, they gave some freaking hot takes, you know, I can understand like nineties punk bands saying like, oh yeah, we didn't like the crap on the radio. We didn't like, you know, hair metal in the eighties and stuff like that. And that makes complete sense. I'm like, yeah, I'm on board with that. Man. He said like, I didn't like, um, I didn't like Zeppelin or the who, I mean, he was naming bands that were good. He's like, I didn't like the crap the who was putting on the radio. I'm like, bro, like are you tripping? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't understand you're entitled to your own opinion, but man, disliking all those classics, man, I don't get it. Yeah. He was naming some big heavy hitters too. I mean, he wasn't talking about like Madonna, like Motley Crue, he was talking about some but, big, big hitters. But
0: hearing it from him, I feel like he, he genuinely believes that.
1: Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, yeah it definitely I, was. I don't think it was like a provocative or
0: explosive statement meant to give him attention or anything like yeah. that, because I think you could definitely interpret it that way. I think Glenn Danzig and, you know, guys like Henry Rollins and Ian McKay, you know, they, they all still embodied that punk ethos, you know, just staying true to yourself and remembering where you came from
1: and just standing for what you as a person believes in. He also said, he's like, yeah, these, all of these bands were starting to like fall. He mentioned, he got really mentioned like the who in particular that said, like, they're just putting up, like, a bunch of crap now, and they kind of fell off. And I'm just like, the Who got so much better. Well, I mean, after when Keith Moon died, of course, they went off the hill because they're not the same band. But Yeah, for real. They got, man, compared to their, like, My Generation 60s mod bebop stuff, they got so much better over time. Like, what does this take? I mean, like, like, are you going to sit there and tell me that um, the album with Who Are You and Magic Bus, and heck, even the 80s album with Eminent Front, you're going to tell me that that's worse than the My Generation, like, bowl cut stuff? I'm, like, I'm get not, out of here, Glenn. I'm not a fan of early Who. I'm yeah, not I'm not, not either. Lie. I will say that one of my favorite Who albums, and I know it's, it's compilation albums and greatest hit albums are almost kind of cheating when you say it's their favorite albums because they're just collections, but the it's, called, it's got a stupid name. It's called Big beady and bouncy or something like that (laughs) yeah but it's a compilation of all their hits it's called like big meaty beady and bouncy or something like that and it's it's like them like you know like a brick like they're one of their old houses and they're all like posing like in the window it is a compilation of all their like good cuts from like their first two like early like beatles-esque like standard like bowl cut era before they were like real hard rockers and it takes all their good stuff and eliminates all of the fluff. And I highly, if you just kind of want to check out the early who, but you don't really want to like slog through some of the, like the, the crap tracks, give that a listen. Cause that is just like, I mean, it's like, I got to pull it up, but yeah. He, he's going to
0: pull it up for you guys. But Listen to the dedication of this man. He really wants you to listen to it. Go listen to it, guys. Uh,
1: just listen to Big and Beatty and Bouncing. But yeah, they have other good stuff, but it's just like... So much alliteration. And I like compilations like that, where yeah. either they give you something new along with all the... Comp- Another one that I'll say is, and it's probably my favorite album, is "Hatful of Hollow by The Smiths. That album is a technically a compilation album, but a lot of their singles are re-recorded, a live versions called the John Peel sections. And a lot of times, they've added like different stuff. Like there's some harmonica in there, and there's some other stuff. Those songs sound so much better than how they're recorded on the original album. Especially um, this Charming Man. That version of this Charming Man, Morrissey kills, kills that song. And then the harmonica on. Um, can't remember the track, but there he's there's some some harmonica and some like acoustic guitar parts on some of the tracks, and it blows them out. Of the, it makes them so good. I'm just like, man, this is like almost this I almost might. this almost feels like an essential track, uh, essential album.
0: Yeah, I might actually check that out. What is it called again? It's called
1: H- Hat Full of Hollow.
0: Hat Full of Hollow. All right, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna save that real quick because like, I mean, I I fuck with Smiths, I do not fuck with Morrissey as oh, a person. No. Oh no, he's a turd. Uh, he's a turd bag and kind of a fucking racist. So. There's that, but I do enjoy his stuff He yeah. like, with the Smiths. I, and, I,
1: I won't deny that. And this compilation, going back to the Who, this compilation was actually pretty early. They released that in 71 right when they first started releasing their like, Who Sell Out right around that era where they were starting to do their hard rock tracks. It's called Meaty, Beaty, Big, and Bouncy, which I absolutely hate the name of, but man, it goes, I can't explain. Kids are all right. Happy Jack. I can see for miles. Picture of Lily, My Generation, The Seeker, um, Anyway, Anyhow, Anywhere, Pinball Wizard, Illegal Matter, Boris the Spider, Magic Bus, and Substitute, and I'm a Boy. I mean, it's damn, like, all I say, damn, all like all of the good cuts. Damn, those are all all of the good cuts. You know, so if you want to get into the Who and you're not sure if you want to wade, you've heard, you no, know, you're not sure about Tommy, you're not sure about their first album. Listen to that, that'll get you all their good cuts like right right away.
0: I was gonna say like there's some that that's like all of their bangers. From the early days, Uh, now on the subject of compilation albums, I actually have a recommendation as well. So, I don't have you ever listened to Black Flag?
1: I have not. So, black I've heard you got to kind of be eased into it, though.
0: Yeah, so Black Flag is. Um, there are several eras of that band. I mean, they're they're all with
1: Rollins or
0: no, no. Uh, they had they actually had three or four singers before Rollins.
1: Rollins. I'm not joking. Oh, what do you also before we get into that? What do you think about Misfit Misfits' Sands Glenn with their like horror punk stuff? Because I personally don't care for it. I think it sounds I, very clean and it's just really squeaky, and I don't like it.
0: Honestly, don't recommend it. Yeah, it's oh, not man. that great.
1: Like I actually do enjoy a lot of Misfits' earlier stuff. Oh yeah, because the, man, the lyrics are just crazy.
0: Yeah, and you it's know like they started horror uh, punk. The <laughs> the the delivery like the oh you know oh, what I'm yeah. about like i don't know he I, just sounds so angry i mean he, just, he is he is a very angry he sounds little man, angry but, but <laughs> how do i describe it like
1: <laughs> he's like the angry guy that's like getting drunk and like yelling at birds because he's just he's, so wasted he sounds he's, he
0: sounds angry and like slurred oh yeah yeah and and it it's kind of fun like honestly yeah
1: like is this intentional is this not like you don't I can't tell.
0: Yeah, you can't. You really uh, can't. But yeah, no. There, there's some good Misfits stuff like uh, let me god, it's been So a how while. many
1: albums were was Rollins a part of? So Rollins was actually only
0: in the band for 3 years. Wow. Um but he's probably I'd say he's arguably the most prominent. I'll say how does he have so much clout for only being in there 3 years? Um so kind of what we were talking about earlier. So Black Flag was a revolving door. Uh, they actually started in '76, uh, and their older sound—like, have you ever heard like, kinda,
1: that? Feels, seems like the Red Hot Chili Peppers story, but they started early. But their band was such a revolving door that they just—yeah, they yeah. spent like ten years with no, just I'm, in and out, in and out.
0: Straight up, they were. So Henry Rollins was actually their fourth singer. Oh, good lord! the The only the only consistent member of Black Flag is Greg Ginn, and he's the band leader. So that makes sense. That was he the guitarist? Yeah, he's the guitarist. Mm-hmm. By the way. Greg Ginn is a criminally slept on guitarist. Like my, my, my favorite part of a lot of black flags,
1: like, like just songs in general is Greg Ginn. I feel that way with a lot of like punk bass players, like Dead Kenny's bass player, dude. Um, yes, the I can't, I know his name, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, the Clash bass player, these are criminally slept on bass players. I mean, some great bass lines, some dude, great like, bass like, tones. Like I
0: don't know what it is about like punk musicians, like a lot of like the the actual like players, they get overlooked. It's always the singers that everybody focuses on.
1: I think this week I might have to have like another punk breakthrough because dude, I
0: can I can give you some like hardcore punk recommendations. Mm, I think.
1: I think it's gonna to have to be like a black flag, Bad Brains. Oh Bad Brains. You know what another band I don't they're not really like punk, but like I've been tell been told to like listen to that one album with Epic like all the time is Faith No More. Yeah. Yeah. People are telling me to listen to that Faith No More album all the time. And I, that's the song that like this past week I've gotten stuck in my head a lot. That little oh, what is it? <laughs> I just do that all the time. <laughs> I just say that just like in no context. I'm just like, what is it? It's it's pretty
0: memorable. But yeah, dude, um, I keep, we keep going off. But anyway, so um, Black Flag actually released a comp, two compilation albums, uh, Everything Went Black and The First Four Years.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, man. And They're solid. Dude, seriously, that's some of their best material. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that is kind of confusing about so The First Four Years is actually their first four EPs. Yeah. But smashed together. So Nervous Breakdown by Black Flag. Absolute fucking banger. Of an EP. It has their first. I believe it's their first vocalist. Uh, Keith Morris. He has this really bizarre style. Of vocal delivery. But it like works. It's very like classic punk. Oh I can't think of the song Wasted. Like, like this, this EP is like five minutes. Wow. Some, some of the songs are like. Less than a minute. But dude. I, I find myself singing them. All the time at work. Like it's. It, that EP has stuck with me for years. It is so catchy and so good, and it's it actually, like, honestly, it sounds like early punk more than, uh, like, hardcore punk. Like, in their early days of Black Flag, they were more classic punk rock.
1: You know what's a really weird genre that I just, I find that, like, the definitions change almost from person to person. person. That's, like, post-punk. Yeah. That's such a weird genre. Yeah,
0: like, a lot of the post-genres, I feel like, like, the definitions just start to blur. yeah. Like you know, post rock, post metal, post hardcore. Oh, actually, post hardcore. People is pretty, say
1: like, oh, Joy Division is post punk. I mean, is it not kind of new wavy I think you, I think you could make an argument for both. Yeah, actually, I mean, you really can't. I mean, mm. but yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I know we keep going off on tangents, but this is off the dome. So um, yeah, that's what we're about. Uh, so first four years, uh, three different singers on that. But some of the, those are some of the best Black Flag tracks. Period. Like, there's Wasted, um, the original cuts of, like, TV Party and Gimme, 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 with uh, Keith Morris is on the Everything Went Black compilation. Um, but, yeah, Henry Rollins didn't come into the picture until 1980, 1981, Now, actually. is he part of
1: the best era of Black Flag,
0: in your opinion? It's a mixed bag. Yeah. Some people agree. I do think some Rollins-era uh, albums are kind of overrated, like... I'm actually going to get a lot of shit for this, but I think Slip It In is not as good as people say. Uh, what was, like, the actual, like, title track, Slip It In? I can't stand it. Mm. It has this really awkward, like, chorus. Like, you know, it's, it's a song about, like, like, the general ideas. Like, fucking, you know, like, slipping yeah. it in. And, like, it has the, the bass player, who was actually a girl at the time. Uh, I can't remember her name, but um, she was like singing like, oh, slip it in and, like on the on the chorus. And it was corny. It was really corny and painful. Um, and there was another track on there that I, I could not fucking stand. Rat's Eyes. Rat's Eyes. The chorus is just like bad. It's just rat's eyes, rat's eyes. Like,
1: ugh. man, hardcore punk is such a mixed bag to me. I really it, just ugh. when it, see the thing about hardcore punk is when it hits it fucking hits hits, dude. I will tell you, though, I need like, some hardcore punk with, like, some female vocals. Did I tell you I looked up a, sp- like, it was, like, a year or two ago, I looked up a list where I was, like, let's get some, like, hardcore, just really punk in general with um some female vocalists. I took this because I, cause I was listening to Sonic Youth, and, like, all, like, the Kim stuff, and I was just, like, you know what? She's not bad, but, God, her lyrics suck. I was, like, is there anything else that's, like, different? Can I experience this, but, like, not this? So I looked up, and I was like, and, man, like, a lot of it was, like, hardcore punk with, like, female vocals. And some stuff was actually pretty surprising, but it was I, just, like... Honestly, I can't think of any, like... these The bands I was sing have, like, one little EP in, like, 2013 and then never did anything again. Like, there's no band of like, substance. So, girls, if you're out there and you want to do some punk, please do it. Please do God, it. For love we God, we, do we it.
0: need more... Because, you know, hardcore punk is kind of, like, a it's a pretty macho genre.
1: Yeah. Like, it's pretty masculine. That and just be a good singer you just be an average singer in punk music and i guarantee you you'll be a better singer than like half of the like 90% where, of punk singers yeah cuz like it's where there's just like there's, there's there's not a lot of beef there at the top
0: where are you <laughs> no, okay. i don't want to say sorry
1: but yeah man who is the the best punk singer Ooh, or like a top 3 like
0: uh this might be a weird one but uh fucking iggy pop dude yeah, I, I actually really like Iggy Pop as a vocalist. um, Like the Stooges, like the shit he did with the Stooges, man. Raw Power, the self-titled. Penetration. Oh. Penetration. <laughs> no, dude, raw, raw Power hits. That, um, that fucking album. Um,
1: Jello. I think he's up there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Man, some of the Mad Libs and just like the weird like uh, voices he does. Hold on. One of the albums I want to do. Actually, on the full show is, um, plastic surgery mistakes or whatever. Plastic,
0: dude, plastic surgery disasters is yeah. fire. Mm-hmm. I I love that album.
1: Gonna start a forest fire. <laughs> oh man, that is dude, album is uh, funny, but also got it has uh, a lot of like important stuff to say. Uh, it's actually like, trust cool. your mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and dude. the government flu is like. It's going to make you cough. It's going to make you just a little... Or no, it'll make you die. It'll make you just a little sick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, one of my... I I love it, but like one of my favorite things about Dead Kennedy's is their vocalist. Oh, yeah. He's
0: so just out of left field. Mm -hmm. He's so all over the place. You know, he can make
1: it funny, but like... It's, it's still- like riot. Like riot is like a very, like a very serious subject matter. And he's like, go out in the crowd and start kicking people's ass. Like it's just, it's, it's fun. It's, fu- it's a funny delivery, but also is
0: yeah. Like Dan Kennedys actually deals with a lot of like serious, yeah, very like, po- political subject like matter, heavily political sub- yeah. subject matters. Like the opening of uh, uh, Fresh Fruit, Riding Vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, kill, 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 kill the poor. Mm-hmm. Kill, 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 kill the poor.
1: Honestly, one of my favorite. I'm glad I discovered them, like, about, like, maybe, like, two-ish years ago. Dude, they're, mm. they're they're
0: one of my favorite hardcore punk bands.
1: Oh, yeah. Actually, one of my favorite bands of all time,
0: actually. I, I would go as far as Oh, yeah. That. I can get into that. I can, um, I can get into that. Fucking, yeah. Plastic Surgery Disasters, and God We Trust Incorporated, Fresh Fruit, Rotting
1: Vegetables. All good shit. Growing Boy Needs His Lunch. <laughs> but, uh, my, yeah. My, honest, my weird, like, left-field song I really like by them is um, Winnebago Warrior. And it's that, about that, like feeding Doritos to the bears. Dude. It's about like it's about like idiots <laughs> and like old people that like go like cross country and act like complete just just idiots.
0: Yeah, some of it do I will say, you know, they do with a lot of political stuff but they have some like they have such a great sense of humor. Yeah, oh yeah. Like there are there are dead Kennedy tracks that I have like busted out laughing too. And
1: also think that Nazi punks is the quintessential Hardcore punk song. It's one man. of them. It's one of them. Like, Police Story,
0: Nazi yeah. Punk's Fuck Off, uh, Band in D.C. hmm Oh. Have, have you listened to Bad Brains, dude?
1: A song here and there, but, man, I got to do a deep dog. I got to do a deep dog with got, them. I got Black self, Flag. And I, I still Fugazi. I still have only really listened to a Repeater and 13 songs. All right. I'm going to keep it real with you right now. is one of my favorite bands of all time. Mm, I'm, I have some Fugazi hot takes. I'm.
0: I'm hey, looking. Gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Garrett right they're, now. They're gonna hurt. And, they're and gonna I'm, hurt. You. I'm staring daggers at him. Okay.
1: So, uh, 13 songs and Repeater are very low at level to me. I enjoy them both about equally. I know that you and a lot of other people I've talked to, like Greg, have put them put Repeater higher than 13 songs. But I really like 13. And here's why I like 13 songs. Because I like. Now I'm not. I'm not familiar with the personnel. But who does the vocals for Waiting Room? But that's not McK- that's not McKay, is it? That's no, it's, it's it's uh, it's a Yeah, I wish they do more stuff with him because I feel like it's like the clash where they have you have the Mick and you have the Joe Strummer and Mick is kind of like got the straight up Mick is the Ian McKay where he's got the straight up vocals. Yeah. And then the other guy is like Joe Strummer. Where he's like uh, he's got this, just an awful voice, but it just fits. I feel like they w- thirteen songs used him more. When I feel like Repeater didn't. Yeah. And that's what I, I can, like. That's I, why can, I liked can... about thirteen songs a little more. It felt a little bit more like. A little, a little bit more raw.
0: I actually did feel Repeater gave...
1: It was definitely more Ian McKay's album. I feel like but Repeater was a little top-heavy, too. The opening, opening of the album just bangs, and uh, then it kind of tapers off a little bit. Well, man, the opening of the album is great.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean... Oh, oh my God. Turn, tone over. Turn over into turn Repeater. Over. Turn over. <laughs>
2: Say your eyes and reach oh, No,
0: uh, uh... I... Okay, all right. We're we might be jumping ahead of ourselves a little bit, but Repeater is an amazing album. It is I you're not gonna agree with me on this, but I think Repeater is a masterpiece. That is it is one of my it is one of the best post-hardcore albums of all time.
1: The the early consensus is that it's probably an eight. You give it an eight, dude? 8.5
0: merchandise shut the door. Fucking. Also,
1: I've only listened to it all the way through like once.
0: Dude, as a whole, that album is just incredible. Would you give it a
1: ten? I mean, yes. I. It, that is. That it is might, a it straight might go ten. Up. That is it a might straight go up ten. On, I've only listened to it once though.
0: I know I've given you a lot of my like personal like ten out of tens, but uh I don't think, think
1: that was an, that was like an objective.
0: That to me, that's one of those ones that you will not get me to budge on. I think an album is a straight ten i I love thirteen songs almost as much to me that's like a nine point
1: five I don't know if I have any tens that, i mean oh yeah i do um mo- uh moving pictures by rush that that's a good fucking album. It's one of them yeah
0: i I personally wouldn't give it a ten, but I could totally see somebody giving it a ten
1: thriller i agree actually this is a really weird one i mean no, it's not really weird, but my take is really weird because it's a very it's very caveat like remember how we were talking with the Frank Ocean about the bonus track. Yeah, and that's Joshua Tree. Because I think if you add those like little B sides from Joshua Tree and you made put them on the album in places, and I'll get into that when I talk about it. The album is not just a ten. It, the album is like perfect, like, the, like super I, perfect. I haven't. I actually haven't heard that album, so I'm I'm curious. Because like it, I, now I know because the two songs they really left off that were really good were Silver and Gold, which is about apartheid and spanish eyes and spanish eyes is pretty good it's uh, the song that it's replacing is just not as very forgettable very like low tempo not really a whole lot going on so that gives it a nice little upbeat but silver i know silver and gold they put oh no i'm completely free no i'm completely forgetting the main one the sweetest thing you heard sweet oh oh, the sweetest thing no I, i that became a single they really re-released that, and it became like a it became a hit, like in like nineteen nine, like two early two thousands. This is a song they literally just freaking forgot about. And they're like, oh hey, here it is, and then it oh, became oh, a okay. single. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and put this up. I mean, mind boggling. I mean, mind boggling. That is pretty crazy. And, and <laughs> silver and gold, like they the live version was on the Rattle and Hum, so it was like, oh, here's a live version of it. But man, she just released it in the studio proper. It, it Those makes- are two bad. Like top 10 tracks of theirs that they left off, that there's not it, even on the it album. It makes it's me silly. wonder, like, what they were thinking when they and didn't it fits, include too. them initially. It, it fit because I know that, like, I know because, like, Bono wrote his whole, it probably had his whole, like, Mothers of the Disappeared, and it's kind of like, philant- like, like it's got his, like, self righteous, like, philanthropy appeal to it. But if you take that off, man, Silver, Silver and Gold was, like, a really Intense hard rock song about apartheid, and it just goes ham. You know, it's like I'm hit, meant, him, hit him where it hurts. Silver and gold, and it's talking about like kind of like the parallels between like apartheid and like so different civil rights movements. And boy, I mean, like it is a tough song. I'm like, how did you, how could you leave this on the album, or like just or say, leave, oh, leave gonna, it on the cutting room floor? You yeah, know? or like, yeah. oh, it's gonna be a live cut later on. I'm like, no, this needs a studio. Like, put it on the album, and like. The sweetest thing even more so. like It actually became a single later. Yeah. It sounds like they realized they screwed up and then (laughs) then that later. Yeah. um, I don't know what... mm, Remain in Light is close, but I don't think I can give it a 10. I was really close on that album. I I think Remain in Light is really good, but I don't think it's a 10. Um, Okay, Computer. 10.
0: Yeah. I'd agree.
1: And Rainbow's 10. It's it's contentious, but I'd say 10. I will give it a 9.5 9.
0: Open to change 9.5. I prefer in rebos over OK computer, but that's, that's just that's just my personal taste. Mm-hmm. But I understand like how important OK computer was to rock at the time. Not man, a, I, not man, I feel t- like we're spoiling
1: half of the fucking show
0: here. Well, also well no, some, of like, gonna, some of these I'm
1: not going to some of these I'm not going to I'm not really going to talk about like yeah, this one like, like Morning View by Incubus. I don't think I'm ever going to bring up on the show but that's not a tan. When I first heard it, I thought it was a tan, but it is a solid non. More dude,
0: fucking uh that's the one with um that one like, song. Like R uh Aqueous uh, Transmission. Yep.
1: Yeah. With play with uh where um uh, the guitarist Mike plays a traditional Chinese guitar. Yeah, that, that shit was good. And- it's literally like a, a Chinese folk song. It's so It's good. genuinely beautiful. It's just beach rock, and it's just so soothing, but so emotional at the same time. I mean, Brand Boy gives some poetry. I, I don't know if I'll... Because like, I have like a laundry list of albums that I want to do over that one, but that is one, like, 9, 9.5. I would not budge on that. Like, saying yeah. that's like a 4, or 5, or a 6. Not, I can't not. I would... There's really only like one or two forget, like one actually really only like one forgettable track that would make that not a ten. And if that was a different track, like that'd be a ten. Damn. I'm I haven't heard that whole album, but I really
0: like Aqueous Transmission. So I'm like, like it. And I honestly, like some of these records I'm probably not gonna talk about on the podcast unless somebody yeah. asks me about it. Like some I really want to talk about. Like I want to talk about repeater. Um sorry guys, spoilers. But no, that's uh, the same
1: thing I feel about Oingo Boingo.
0: Like so, like Thriller, for example. I don't really think we need to talk about that. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't feel like, like think, there's
1: nothing that we could add yeah. to the conversation with that album that would. A lot of people know everything about it. I mean, because that everyone has heard, whether they want to or not, almost three fourths of that, like almost the entire yeah, album. Yeah, like it's literally the biggest
0: album on planet Earth. Yeah, just like do we really need to talk about it? Mm. No, and I kind of, I actually kind of feel the same way about Illmatic. Yeah. Illmatic. I mean that. Like, I'll tell you right now, that album is a fucking ten out of fucking ten. I think it's one of the greatest rap albums ever made. And to,
1: to me, well, that also leads me to like my whole like rap, like all the like the old school rap I listened to last week. Last week, so not being very familiar as familiar with the genre, there are really only three albums that stick out to me as a ten out of ten. That is Ready to Die. That's Illmatic and to pimp a butterfly. Stankoni is very, very close. I uh, so have you heard Equimini? Do you think By is Outcast? better? I think I think Aquamanai is better. Really?
0: I no, think I, I yeah. think Aquamanai is Outcast's magnum opus. Really? Yes.
1: Okay, I need that's mm, that's gonna be next on the list. That
0: dude, that album hits. Like I so Outcast is one of those groups. They have such a shockingly consistently good discography. Oh yeah. Like Atlians, Equemini, Stankonia, Speaker um, Box. even Speaker Box and the Love Below are still like like it's not their best work, but it's still fantastic. Yeah, man, like killer, killer rap duo. Also, like, I think all Good
1: around. Kid, Mad City is like a very high nine, like is very close to being a ten.
0: Yeah. Now, I actually want to talk about to Pimp, but- to Pimp a Butterfly, but I do agree with you. I think that album is perfect mm-hmm. in every sense of the word.
1: Man, I think I can't think of. Like a more like conscious, you know, they gave it the title like a conscious rap album. I can't really think of a conscious rap album I liked more than that. I can. I really like the miseducation of Lauren Hill, but I wouldn't. I I wouldn't call that ten personally. But oh, I wouldn't either. But uh, but like uh,
0: I personally, I'm actually a big hip hop head. I'm a big rap fan. Anybody who knows me knows that. I'd have to agree with what'd you say, Ominic and T-Pab.
1: Yeah, and I also thought uh, Biggie's uh, "Ready to Die" was a ten. I, th- it's close. Yeah, I, I can no,
0: I can see that that one's contentious to me. There's like, there's I think like one track I don't like on that album. No, 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 no. It was uh, "Me and My Bitch." Yeah, I don't like that song. That's I, fair. it was like smooth and like I got it, but it was just kind of yeah. like I don't know. I, for some reason when I was listening to "Me and My Bitch," I just kind of got like uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: That's fair. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> you know what? I'm a real talk. I thought when I listened to Miseducation of Lauren Hill, I thought there would be a lot of very, some subject matter that I wouldn't understand. And I thought it would be a whole lot of stuff that I just wouldn't feel. I'm like, yeah. I don't understand that. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a black person living in America. I'm not a black woman. But it is very spiritual and inspirational. No matter who, where you are, no matter who you are, and I was really surprised. Yeah, I was like this is a really good. That's
0: kind of the appeal of the I, album.
1: That's yeah, what makes it I was so like, significant. Wow, this is great.
0: Like I, I She's having
1: a lot of very inspirational stuff to say. Yeah, a lot of like the with like concept of, like within yourself and like looking like being more like analytical of yourself, like trying to solve yeah, really your problems within instead of trying to like taking without true self reflection. Yeah, oh, well,
0: that's good. Yeah, no, to <laughs> Great album, but
1: I don't think it's perfect. Also, listen to no, I also listened to a lot of like really just kind of you remember that whole like sign like young, like hip hop class they pushed where it was like that was like real big, like Uzi and Kodak. Oh, yeah, and the, and 20, the 2016 class, yeah, man, that's rough.
0: <laughs> it's it's a mixed bag. So, the only part, the only people from that class that I think actually had staying power, and I was right, was uh, Denzel Curry, mm-hmm. Anderson Pack and uh, Davies and g Herbo. For me personally, anyway. I think 21 Savage has done a pretty good job of, He's like, a good feature guy. He, he's, he's done a good job of staying in the mainstream, but, like, Uzi-Man, like, I cannot... Fell off. I have... He did not like off. him at all.
1: He fell off hard, but I did not. I even, like, Lowe's Rage 2, and, like...
0: Like, Eternal Atake, that was not good.
1: Yeah, that was pretty bad. It was, like... We're not gonna review that.
0: We no. might, I don't know. But we're it was, like a, it was like, a three,
1: honestly. Three out of ten. Eternal Itake, not a Loves you know, Rage. You know what I listened to that I was actually like, I'd give it like a five. What? Bill Israel by Kodak Black. Really? I didn't hate that.
0: Wow, I fucking hate a lot oh, of really? his stuff.
1: I haven't heard of that album though. Well the thing is he has such a strong producer, like even as just bad as he sounds and as he comes across like Tunnel Vision, Patty Cake, um, Pimpin Ain't Easy like those I've just, and like of course ZZ. I mean they've just got great beats. Yeah, Z- ZZ, ZZ, the, the ZZ
0: beat is is pretty
1: infectious. Yeah. I will say um, and that little I mean I remember when that was a meme. They teased that whole song and like that meme like broke the internet pretty much.
0: One thing this is actually kind of an interesting point I want to bring up. I feel like with a lot of popular hip hop like 60% of the battle is the beat. Oh, yeah. Like, if like if you have a, a really good, like, catchy beat, even if the rapper is kind of trash or total trash, like, it'll probably get some airplay in terms of, like, mainstream, like, popular hip-hop.
1: That's why I kind of started to follow... I mean, not really like this point at all, but took me... I'm a, real, I'm a fan of Joey Badass, and... His recent stuff, not so much for me. Yeah, but, but I really first got into him because of the beats he was using. You know the first thing I saw with him? The first two songs I ever listened to him, one was Penny Royal off of his first album. The second one was actually him rapping over um, Feather by, uh, you know, the guy that does the jazz hop, Japanese guy. Oh, my God. I know it's Samurai Shampoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Oh, fuck. And I screw his name up every time because I I cannot. I've heard it pronounced like, is, is it like New Jobs? New, New, Jabs? New, Jabs? New James, New James, New I've heard his name pronounced like five different ways. So don't, if I yeah, pronounce it wrong, no, we, don't take it from me. Yeah, don't, but don't. Great, prominent. Him and DJ Okawari and even somewhat Jay Dilla are like prominent jazz hop. Oh, yeah. Jazz yeah. hop beat Espe- makers. Especially J Dilla. Producer. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, Jade. New dude, and I, did Jay I tell Dilla you, Dude, legends. did
0: I tell you I got Donuts on uh, vinyl?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I love Dilla. Oh, my God. That's going to be one of the first albums I play. It's weird because I don't really like. I didn't really like him on his own, but, man, common on some Jay Dilla beats.
0: Dude. Doom worked with Dilla mm. on Doom's last solo project. Bruh. Those are some of the best MF Doom tracks, period. Gazillionaire? Yeah, so. Dude, Gazillionaire is, like, a top 10 Doom track, and it's because of Jay Dilla. I mean, you know, Doom murders it, but, like, that's par for the course. But, like, Jay Dilla is a sampling wizard. Oh yes. Like he's he is right up there How do you with like I, I think he's one of the best producers of all time. Mm-hmm. Like I think like living producers. Like, yay and yeah like living producers like Mad Lib, yay, mm-hmm. you know, I mean Dr. Dre even, you know, Doctor like I haven't loved everything Dr. Dre has done, but man, that guy's a sample. Like that that guy's a production wizard. Yeah. I mean
1: he basically shaped the sound of West Coast hip hop in the nineties. Yeah, but... It's, uh, it's true. I first heard uh, Joey on that... Doing, like, his own flow on that Feather beat. And I was like, I'm sold. Yeah, Joey... No, Joey, dude, his, Great choice. his
0: flow is what drew me in. It's yeah. not to say that, you know, mainstream hip-hop... I'm not one of those guys that's like, Oh, you know, real hip-hop, like, lyrical, spiritual, miracle, like... Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I do enjoy some... I do enjoy some party rap music from oh, man. time to time.
1: Um, the 21 and... Migo's project, oh, yeah, Metro yeah. was solid.
0: That was good. I actually like go back to that album more often than I thought I would. It's, it's solid. just like uh Mad Stalkers, like that little like wavy, like spacey beat like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh like My Choppa
1: um obviously there are some funny bars not long in that in that song. Yeah, yeah there the, are some funny. Yeah.
0: Bars. <laughs> They're also like cold as fuck, too. Yeah. Like Like that, that was one of those songs. Like, 21 Savage is one note,
1: yeah, but he can do that note pretty well if he's put in the yeah.
0: He has that like ice cold, almost like heartless delivery, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, I just like he sounds like a cold
1: blooded killer. I just don't like that. This kind of like whole like emo rap thing that got started where they would try to like sing. And kind of like do their, like rap singing, but it was like really just like bad. Like yeah, Ver Ozzy is a bad, bad. He's he's not a good singer. Uh, offender for this. Also,
0: this I'm gonna catch a lot of shit for this. Juice World is not a good singer.
1: True, but also I think he has some good stuff. No,
0: okay, so Juice World is. I mean, a, he's
1: definitely hit or miss. I, all of them are he's hit, hit or miss. Hit or miss, but, but he's definitely not like all miss. Like. I I think Lil Uzi is yeah.
0: So Juice World has good moments. The problem is I think he leaned too hard into like the the sing rapping like Drake shit. Yeah. And like the emo like rap singing, you know, like the little peep and you know, Uzi Vert and shit like that. Um, but man, his have you heard him freestyle?
1: Is it Juice good? World. Mm-mm. Juice
0: World is crazy good at freestyle. I
1: think that he could have gotten better over time though. Yeah, I do. I that's think that's why I'm kinda like it's it's a damn shame mm, that he died. Yeah. Like it really is.
0: I do think his work is a little overrated.
1: Yeah. X's stuff is really
0: overrated. His stuff is disgustingly overrated. Yeah. I mean, it's awful what happened to him, obviously. But I think,
1: honestly, it's mostly because... Of his death. Like, I tell you what, I'd never heard a little... Pe- I mean, i had heard of plenty about X before he died. I did not hear of... Even as big into, like, just a bunch of music as I was, I did not know who Little People was before he died. I did. I was aware of him.
0: I wasn't a fan. I will say at the very least, he was kind of at the forefront of that, that like emo rap singing yeah. style. i I'd say it's died out a little bit, but it, want, it was definitely very popular. Here's in the what I want I want the
1: lyrics, the tone. I do not want the singing. Like you can rap, like you can make sad rap. Don't don't do like the weird, like bad singing. Like don't do bother it. Bother me. Yeah, you no, know, just do just do the rap. Like yeah, just been yeah, like just well. That's what we do. We need some like serious, like sad, emotional rap. We need, some, like, serious, like, sad, rap. We need the nine inch nails. We need the radio have, head of rap. I have answers for that. Yeah. You listen to Injury Reserve? That's <laughs> like the only one of the ones you sent me that I haven't listened to yet. Honestly, probably because I fell off. Like I got into my weird phase this week where I was listening to like so so post punk yeah. and uh, oh an Afro Yeah. So Garrett.
0: We'll get on Affrobate in a second, but uh, Garrett and I, uh, we've been exchanging album recommendations, and I sent him a few, and one of the ones I sent him was Live at the Dentist Office by Injury Reserve, which one is one a great fucking album. You should check it out, and I'm probably going to talk about it on the podcast. Um,
1: oh, Armand Hammer got a lot better on the second listen.
0: That That, that one was a slow burn for yeah. me. Uh, I didn't. Sliver. I kind of felt the same way when I listened to it initially, but after a few more listens, I was like, damn, no, these guys.
1: Pinata, though? No, Pinata was Pinata. a straight banger right away. Hits. Nine, easy nine. Easy nine. I actually would give it a 9.5, but I actually want to talk about that album. So uh,
0: just erase that rating from you your don't, minds, don't, you listeners. You didn't hear that? Didn't
1: hear that. I mean, I'm curious to hear it, see what James thinks, but I think he'll give it lower than.
0: James? No, I've actually shown James a like lot it? of Freddie really Gibbs, like
1: and he really likes it.
0: Like, uh, like Scarface. Oh, man. Like he he was like, damn, this is grooving. Like Harold's, uh, he really liked Shitsville. Um, that thugging, dude, yeah, thugging. Of he course, said, I
1: love I love when the guys like him and ASAP get can get, get a nice track where the group track where everyone jumps on. Oh, dude, like the, pinyata, the pinata, pinata, or a like uh, posse one, cut. Or,
0: or one train. Oh man, dude, the posse cut on
1: pinata, literally titled pinata. That that's some classic posse also cut. Also got me interested in Mac Miller. That's kind of like how yeah. one train got me into like ASAP and all that.
0: Yeah, for real. Oh, Pinata, dude. I, I love that album. But anyway, uh, what was I saying? Injury Reserve. They deal with a lot of darker subject matters, but it's still got that like, it's very modern. It's a very modern take on rap music, like the, with the production and stuff. But like, there's this one song and it's called Friday Night. Uh, let me double check that. It, it delves into some pretty dark subject matters. And espe- oh especially their new album. By the time I get to Phoenix, like I actually almost cried at the end of that album. And I will talk about that a little bit. So um, Injury Reserves, uh, other member, Grogs, actually passed away uh, during the pandemic. I can't remember exactly mm. when,
1: but it was a couple uh, years of ago. Of
0: COVID or of something else? I think it was a heart attack, mm. but he died very young. He was like 35. Gosh. I might be wrong, but it was his mid-30s, and he had a wife and kid, too. And It was just like, fuck. But um, by by the time I got to Phoenix, a very dark album. And uh, the final track, uh, well, one of the final tracks, the penultimate track, Knees, is harrowing. It is terrifying. It's like, so it's basically like the 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 chorus is like, my knees hurt when I grow, but I'm not getting taller. I'm just getting older. And uh, I mean, I might be a little wrong on that. The final, I think it was one of the final recordings for Grogs wow. was on that song. And it's, it's him talking about like, you know, how he's been rapping about the same stuff for five, ten years and... He feels like he's never going to change or get out of his alcoholism. I'm tired, boss. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was like, it punched me in the gut. Like I was at work. And honestly, if I was at home listening to that, I probably would have cried mm-hmm. the first time I heard that. You, you hear that and you're like, and you find out what happened to him and you're just like, fuck, man. he, he didn't break out of his alcoholism. He didn't evolve and become a better dad. Like he wanted to and stuff like that. And it's just, fuck, man.
1: It, it I was, I don't know why this, it made me think of this quote, but good, man. There's a Star Trek quote that's a Picard to Data. He says, because Data was wondering why he was trying to learn this like space chess and he couldn't. And Picard just says, sometimes you can do everything perfect and still lose. He said, that's not, that's not on you. That's not you being a loser. He said, that's just life. Just sometimes we just lose.
0: Yeah. It's unfortunate. I mean, rap, like deaths in the music industry, and I mean, obviously death in general, but.
1: I haven't connected. Which one hit you like the hardest? Doom. Doom.
0: Doom punched. Like when I found out he died, I actually cried. That art. That him as a like him as an artist has had such a strong impact on me as a person and my taste in music and my passion for music. And I I love his work. I adore him as a rapper. And when I found out he passed away, I was devastated like I
1: I've never really dealt with like the only other one that really hit me was like David Bowie oh yeah Bowie and and Chester for from it. Chester just because I grew up with him and just knowing his story and knowing the story of his like in his songs yeah. I'm just like for half of like, like leave out all the rest I cannot listen to that song anymore that is a eulogy yeah
0: yeah that that, that is, shit is
1: that hits me haunting hard, now you know? like
0: Oof. I'm getting I'm getting like my hair standing
1: yeah. up thinking Oof. about it Uh, Chris Cornell too was pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, I didn't because I was actually gonna go see Soundgarden, Nine Inch Nails before, or I tried to want to go see them like the year after, before he died. Yeah, it didn't it didn't
0: hit me as hard, but I understand why. Like, but yeah, man, Doom, that man was irreplaceable in Mm -hmm. the hip hop landscape. There is nobody like him, and there will no there will never be anybody like him again. He was so. Influential and so important to hip hop, it's a crime that he wasn't as appreciated while he was alive. I mean, he was. He had a big cult following and a lot of rappers respect him. I mean, you'd be surprised the amount of people that Doom has influenced. Like Tyler, the Creator, Earl Sweatshirt, even Drake. Drake has mentioned Doom as one of his favorite rappers of all time. Is that not crazy? I mean, like and like Q Tip, Mos Def, Ghostface Killer. Freddie Gibbs like so many people respected and adored MF Doom and he truly loved and appreciated his craft. He was a, a true
1: original. It kind of feels like in when the years pass he'll be looked at like kind of how King Crimson is. It's kind of like a name you got to kind of dive for.
0: Yeah. Now since his
1: passing his music has
0: gained a lot more recognition. Oh, but, you know that happens with yeah. a lot of artists and I'm and I'm
1: genuinely glad
0: that like more people are being exposed to his music and listening to it because it is phenomenal. And now, is Doom always incredible? No, um, I don't think he's ever released a bad project, but I'd say at least 80% of his discography is high quality, like top level rap music, yeah, like Um food, Mad Villainy. I've heard Operation of, Doomsday, I've heard
1: food and Mad Villainy, but I want to listen to the, his Danger Mouse collab.
0: That one's good. The only,
1: honestly, like the
0: only big problem I have with that album is it ham fists the adult swim references too hard. It's like every song.
1: My honestly, my biggest, that that's my biggest criticism of Thundercat, Jack Stauber and ski mask. Is they're like overt cartoon and adult swim references? I, mean, I I know, like, Stalbert and well, St- Staubert, Th- Th- Thundercat used to actually, like, do music for Adult Swim, but come on now. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, Adult Swim was, had they, very hit and miss. They show it pretty hard. I mean, even Doom. Like, Doom did stuff for Adult Swim.
0: Yeah. Like, do you remember the Doom Christmas special? I remember seeing that shit as a child and not knowing what was going on. <laughs>
1: oh man, I have such weird <laughs> like memories about bumps. adults. That's why I didn't really watch them when I was, like, older, because I saw them, like, accidentally when I was a kid, and I swear that shit did, like, irre- irreversible damage Dude, my brain. <laughs> no.
0: Okay, this is completely not music-related, but Xavier Renegade Angel. Waking up at, like, 3 a.m. and seeing that shit as, like, a 7-year-old was like a fever dream. I swear to God. Dude, like, it, mommy and if you, do, you, do you know what Xavier Renegade Angel is? I've heard of it. Oh, dude, it is one of the most utterly bizarre cartoons I have ever seen in my life.
1: Man, I remember- all, I don't know how that got on television. But imagine waking up as an eight-year-old and like Squidbillies is on, and then you wake up another time and it's just like Full Metal Alchemist. And uh, man, another time it was like, I can't remember if it was kneeling Genesis or something else. I don't know if Evangelion ever played on Cartoon Network, yeah, uh, but it was Cowboy, like, Cowboy Bebop did. Yeah, and that's actually where like, I saw Cowboy Bebop originally was it, was. it was like something like just really weird, and I was like, "Mom, I don't think I should have saw that." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As a kid, as a kid, I wish that we had the forethought when we saw something weird that made us uncomfortable, we would tell somebody. I feel like a lot of our weird like quirks and traumas come from seeing stuff as a kid that made us really uncomfortable. We didn't tell anybody though, and that we just stewed in it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you're a kid. You can't really, yeah. like, emotionally process that.
1: Because, like, as a kid, this is completely off topic, but as a kid, I saw, like, the Resident Evil movie. I should not have seen that. Should not have seen Damn, that.
0: Damn, that's how I feel about uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead.
1: I, bro, saw, I saw that as a kid. Bro, the room with, like, the sentient, like, lasers, like, I cannot erase that from my memory. I never will. Damn. I can never get rid of get that.
0: Garrett out here trauma dumping on the off the key podcast.
1: <laughs> I, mean, what, it's, it's okay. what, I mean, what is it's okay? What is an audience? But experimentation and trauma dumping. <laughs> what? Yeah, are Resident I, Evil I, taught me two things. <laughs> I like redheads, and that lasers are bad. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, mean, I actually love zombie stuff now. Like like zombie games, like especially Damn.
1: especially Resident Evil. Now is Resident Evil always good? No. It doesn't have some good music though. Speaking of which, one of my big one of the biggest things that I'm just like really appreciative and grateful for is my appreciation for soundtracks. And that's both large orchestral, John Williams, Hans-esque soundtracks and more modern soundtracks, especially like electronically infused, like anime soundtracks like Bleach. Cowboy Bebop gave me an appreciation for jazz. Um and I would do want to talk about the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. Like yeah. I think that is as strong as actua- it could be separate from the show and stand on its own. It's that solid. I think it's that good. I agree. Um, actually, Chinese um, classical um folk music and like shows like Naruto and like other stuff like that, like Japanese folk
0: music. Um, I will say I don't I don't lis- I don't watch a lot
1: of anime anymore. But anime
0: is what really got me into Asian music. Oh yeah like in general j-rock and like then j-rock math rock, and math and rock and then like and, well math rock frog, is there's 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 asian math rock and then there's american math rock they're they're yeah. very different but um like japanese rap and like j-pop and j-rock and
1: some of my favorite hardcore from and two bands in particular that i really like in the punk and that is I already, I already know what you're gonna say. Yeah, you know one. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one. Oh, well, Dude, one is o- Otoboke Beaver.
0: I was gonna say that. That's what. That's what I was trying to think of earlier when we were talking that about that band. Punk.
1: These like four young Jack- Japanese women have the stupidest amount of energy in a band I have ever seen. Even the music video just makes me want to throw up on how just energetic it is. It's one of those that if you're ever in, you get a chance to see them, you might want to see them while you I, can because no. they're going to absolutely burn themselves out. They are crazy.
0: No, dude, Otoboke Beaver is probably one of my favorite hardcore punk bands, like, period, right now. Oh, yeah. Like, modern hardcore punk bands. That's who I was trying to think of earlier when we were talking about female hardcore punk vocalists. And I was like, fuck, who is...
1: And another good one, they're not quite as hardcore, but stance punks. I really enjoyed their, like, early 2000s stuff.
0: I haven't listened to them, but I'll check them out. Uh, But, yeah, that and, like, Soul Glow, I think, are both, like, probably two of the biggest bands
1: in hardcore punk right now. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like... My favorite new metal band ever is like the early Maximum the Hormone stuff. I consider their stuff that stuff new metal because even had rap. It had it was like metal. It had some riffs.
0: I, I actually do enjoy some new metal,
1: but uh, not much. They're doing new metal in like the 2010s.
0: Early early Lincoln Park for sure. I actually think Hybrid Theory and Meteora are great albums. What would you give Meteora? Nine. I would actually give that album a nine. Yeah. I think it's that good. I went back and listened to it to see if it was like nostalgia and I was like, Oh wait, never mind. This is
1: actually great. Yeah. It's like when you go back and you watch like like full male alchemist. You're like, oh no, this is probably just nostalgia glasses and you're like, Wow, this is actually well written.
0: Yeah. I, that's how I feel about Meteor Order and Hybrid Theory. Like hybrid yeah. theory is a little more dated. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's they, man, there's still some bangers on that. Uh like paper cut, obviously, in the end. Yeah. Um pushing me away. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Why I have to walk away. Yeah. Um Points of authority. Points of authority, dude. That opening, like a uh, little rap verse for Mike Shinoda, like, mm-hmm. forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of
1: Yeah, man. And remember when Mike Shinoda was like on the top? Uh, he was like pretty My, good at like Mike, the back. You know, he's, Mike like, the four is a minor, an, and I think he's underrated. As Mike is an above average rapper,
0: but I don't think he's like top of the game or anything like no. that.
1: No, I mean not back when he was in time. I mean like he was like popular like back when he yeah. did the Fort Minor and yeah. then he got in the Park. Man, he was huge. Yeah,
0: man, he really was. Now I, that's another thing I want to bring up is their producer was nuts. Like I don't remember who did like the the cure for the itch beat or like oh, session. Mr. Han, is, is that Joe Hahn? Yeah, Joe Hahn. That guy, man, he could make some fucking beats.
1: Snaps. Cure for I, the itch was great. I really wish he had done some that more. and the high voltage that that piano and like the the. Man, that's one of my favorite tracks, which is Mike Snow just rapping because that beat behind that is just great. And it's got like the marching feet in the background. Yeah, it's got like piano yeah, like hook. Oof.
0: Yeah, no. I think Mr. Hahn is part of what elevated mm-hmm. Flickin Park. Oh yeah. But I man, I wish he would have done some hip hop production. Mm-hmm. I'm there like there's some I bet you could make some good fucking rapping, rap it. Joe Hahn, if
1: you're listening to this right now, please pursue a rap career as a producer. Thank you. Yes, we would appreciate it. Thank
0: you very much. Have a nice day. <laughs> And yeah, we're it's 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 been almost an hour, so I think we should probably start wrapping up here. Wait, did you say start rapping? I can do that. Hit me with a, oh, a, a 16 right now. <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. Is that how many bars they get for a freestyle 16? Usually 16 or 32. Hmm. I need to know this when I go on 106 and park.
0: <laughs> what are you gonna do? Rap over fucking New York State of Miami beat yes. or something? Man,
1: you know what? This is the corniest thing I think I'll ever say, but I'll end with this: that ever when I got like my when I was listening to nothing but hip hop like all week the other week, I would like hear beats and then I would just like make raps like unconsciously in my head. I'm just like, stop that, like you stop that. And, like, don't don't become
0: don't become a soundcloud rapper. I'm like
1: you're you're you're. I'm like just look at yourself in the mirror. I'm like you're like
0: who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I can I'm see like, it too. I can see you just like in the mirror, like you know, hair all muffled and your glasses are off and you just got yeah. bags under your eyes and you're like you're not a rapper
1: <laughs> you're not a rapper you're just sleepy i'm not a rapper it's just like and one time it was like pretty good i was like man that bar fit on this track i'm like can you hear yourself right now
0: <laughs> it's like what was that filthy frank video about like soundcloud rappers yeah dude oh my god i might link it like in the episode description but, dude, that, that shit perfectly encapsulates, like, uh up-and-coming, like, I guess, SoundCloud rappers. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually knew a couple guys like that in uh, college. This one guy, I, I won't doctor him or anything, but um he had a couple of mixtapes. And I asked him if I could listen to him. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure, bro, check him out, check him out. You know, it was good shit. And, uh, <laughs> dude, it was Bruh. it was not good. They were so bad. It was, like... The best way I can describe it is it was on that, like, wannabe, like, cloud rap wave from, like, you know, the the
1: mid-2010s. There's a, because I actually, I wanted to know if there was any, like, you know, sad rap. So I went, like, on the Spotify, Plus, it was, like, sad rap. And I first seeing this guy's stuff everywhere, I thought he was, like, somewhat decently pop, Like, not too popular, but decently popular. Then I went on his YouTube, and his videos have, like, just only views, like, only in the hundreds, like, 500, 200, but he's put out a lot of stuff, and his name is, like, a rapper, his name is, like, Brimmy. Brimmy. Like, just Brimmy. I'll check it out. And, like, it's not good, but it's, like, it's not offensive, but he's put out a lot of stuff, and I'm just like, well, I mean, then, what in the world? To, to be fair,
0: like, a lot, a lot of fucking rappers are like that. Like, yeah. like Freddie Gibbs, he probably had, like, 9 or 10 mixtapes before um, he started his studio career. Hmm. I wonder if those are all of them. Same with, dude, same with Kendrick. Kendrick's got like four or five uh, before overly dedicated.
1: Have you heard any of them? Are they any good? Mm, mixed bag. Because like, I'm a muck a lot. Ski Mask, Ski Mask mixtapes, slap. Freddie Gibbs, his older mixtapes, I was
0: shocked at the quality. I was genuinely surprised at like how good of a rapper he was well, even before his studio career. Well, it's like Frank Ocean
1: and Ski Mask mixtapes. They're good because they use samples that they normally would not have to shell out too much normally they couldn't get away with like Frank Ocean does the popular songs like Coldplay you know Radiohead Radiohead stuff like that MGMT Ski Mask is doing like themes to like Nickelodeon shows like when he's doing the uh, stadium rave it was like do rag flows or whatever yeah and he was doing the rap over like the jellyfish dude he's like doing like different Nickelodeon themes no that
0: show was actually hard
1: like that's Who would have thought of that? Who would have thought of just making, like, Nickelodeon beats, like, and rapping over them? Like, I thought, I generally thought his mixtapes were, like, great.
0: Yeah, that's one thing I I do think is underappreciated about mixtapes, is,
1: like, being able to... Do whatever you want to. Whatever you want. Because, like, those... Some people don't realize. They're like, oh, we just sample this and sample. Like, man, some of the ones that, gosh, like, there ain't no even telling, especially with how, like, the band is. There's no telling how much that sample of 21st century schizoid man cost Kanye. Especially without, especially without how tight freaking Robert Fripp's butthole is about his about that band. Man, there is no telling it, how much Kanye showed up for example. At least six figures
0: or more. Probably more. It might have been seven figures.
1: Do you know, also, I heard of this on the radio when I was going to work Thursday. Do you know how much it costs to put even just 10 seconds of Back in Black in a song? How much? One million. Are you... Wh- what?
0: What? <laughs>
1: Most Metallica, most, one, most,
0: one million dollars. Yes.
1: Inner Sandman, just for 10 seconds. Any, like, Inner Sandman or any, like, popular top Metallica hits are 50,000, starting at 50,000 or more, depending on the popularity of the song. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm asking if you pick, like, Master of Puppets or something, might just be 50,000. If you pick Inner Sandman, it could easily be more. God almighty.
0: Well, like, some, like, that's like uh, Kendrick. I remember at one point he said he charged, like, a quarter million for a feature or some shit like that. Oof. And you wonder why. He gonna bankrupt baby came out here. And you want... It's almost like indie artists' benefit from putting out mixtapes. Yeah, for real. Like, because sampling... Sampling is
1: such a dangerous game. It really is. Like, the You can easily ID. get... Oh, you can easily get... I mean, look at Radiohead. They've sued people that not even close. I mean, they've sued people that I was like, Tom, you have... You are... I love you son, but You're tripping. There's no... This does not sound anything like... It. And they're just going after people. Now, imagine if you actually, like, tried to sample them proper and you didn't like get your ducks in a row, you're screwed. Yeah, you're boned.
0: You're paying a lot of money and you're probably going to go bankrupt. Yeah. Take take a guy like, you know, DJ Shadow, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. Uh DJ Shadow introducing is exclusively samples. Oh yeah. It's almost entirely like samples from one sampling machine and a bunch of records he bought from a vinyl shop. And that album is incredible. It's amazing. And you wouldn't even be able to tell that it was all samples. Blocking that, like blocking that kind of creativity
1: can genuinely like stifle music. That's why I'm getting into Afrobeat because I can see a lot of like, I know like Kanye and some other have like really delved into the beats, but that is a Afrobeat and samba for beats is a untapped market Like oh, old yeah. Like some Like Brazil 66 Minahan Street I mean Kanye has also have, Has used of, so several Minahan Street Kanye
0: Kanye is a sampling wizard As well The mm, I the, know the tra- he gets The
1: Trader a- is a great song To sample from And he took He made He turned that into Solo Dolo And Yeah The whole album is crisp
0: That is crispy um, Yeah no Kanye is another Like I know Kanye gets a lot of shit But as a producer He's
1: top tier I'd love to see someone turn that song, volcano song, into some kind of beat or something. Or like some like old like antebolus or something. Felicuti.
0: Yeah. That that'd be honestly, that's that'd be some good shit. I, I okay. would listen to that. I would check that out. But yeah, um let's go ahead and close it out here a little bit. I did want to talk about one more thing. Shoot. Um I wanted to shout out a rapper that I discovered recently called uh Novelist. So he was a, originally known as J-Rock, and he was part of the Clear Soul Forces Rap Collective. Uh, he rebranded himself as Novalis and released his new debut, um, Book of Changes. Fantastic album. Now, it's a little too sonically similar. At some points it does get samey, but he is a fantastic rapper, and I really, really like the choice of beats in production that he uses. Like, he uses a lot of lo-fi beats, a lot of lo-fi samples. Um, What's the album called again? Uh, Book of Changes by Novelis. N-O-V-E-L-I-S-S. I highly recommend it. Is it perfect? No. It's, ver- it's very good, though. Very, it's high quality for someone who is as overlooked as this. Like, I mean, he's got maybe like 8,000 like, monthly listeners on Spotify or something. Like, it's, it's not that much.
1: His uh, number two song on Spotify is called... Ha- uh, Hashirama from uh, an album called Mike Swords. Yes which is it probably reference to Liquid that Swords his, by Jizza? Uh... But you know that he likes Wu Tang, and he's an anime nerd. So that's all yeah. you need to know. That's all you need to, know to check him out. No, he's
0: he's a big nerd. Uh, but and that does kind of bleed in his music, music a little too much. But I really think he's worth checking out. Great rapper. I'm gonna keep paying attention to him, and I think you should too. But on that note, uh, Garrett, do you have any other thoughts or things you want to say? No. All right. Well, this was Off the Dome with Mac and Garrett. Brought to you by Off the Key Podcast. Brought to you by Off the Key Podcast. And we're out of here. Peace. and I wanted to give a shout out to LeCrembo for the intro and outro music. I'm going to put his channel link in the YouTube version of this video, but for those on streaming services, it is spelled L-U-K-R-E-M-B-O. Please go check him out. Thanks guys.